Hello and welcome to What The Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Before we get into today's birth story, I did want to mention that I am making breast milk jewelry. So you might've heard it on the podcast before or seen it on Instagram. My website is www.thehoneyandgold.com, but it is super fun. I started off just making rings with people's breast milk and now I've done some pendants and in the future, some other things. So I would so appreciate your guys' support. You literally get whatever piece of jewelry you want. I send you information on how to get your milk to me. You ship your breast milk straight to my house. I then myself preserve your breast milk. I put it into whatever piece of jewelry you choose with whatever other inclusions you choose. You can see different designs um, over on our Instagram, which is just at the honey and gold or on our website on the design page, but please go check it out. I love you guys and I appreciate your support so much. Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Nicole on the podcast to tell her birth story. So thank you for being here, Nicole. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Awesome. So um, just kind of um, kick us off here. Tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, and um, about your family. Uh, My name is Nicole. I live in Montana, um, and I listen to your podcast throughout my birth experience. Um, I just had a baby girl, Reagan, back in August. Um, and so I thought it was super cool getting to share your birth experience and something I wanted to do. So, um, so I reached out to you and wanted to <laughs> jump on this. <laughs> That's awesome. You said Montana? Yeah, up in Montana, okay, awesome. yep, Northwest Montana. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So um, tell us about finding out you were pregnant with Reagan. Um, so my husband and I, we had been trying for several years, um, not like the formal trying of, we never actually got to do any like fertility treatments and stuff. I did one round of Femara that didn't take and stuff. Um, but it just, we never got pregnant and stuff. And then, um, last year in 2022, I lost, I focused on my health and lost quite a bit of weight. I had PCOS, um, and was on metformin and lost weight. Um, and then I finally had like two normal cycles, um, 28 day cycles. And I got pregnant in November of last year, um, found out December 1st, um, so after many, many years of always seeing those negatives, finally got a positive pregnancy test. So that was super exciting um, to experience that and then to kick off telling everybody in our family and stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Did you guys take the test together or did you take it alone and then like tell him after? No, my husband actually worked away from town. Um, he's always worked long distance over in North Dakota. So he wasn't here. And I had always over the years been like, like I'm going to tell him in person and stuff. I can't do that. Give that news over the phone. So um, I, it was a secret I had to keep for a couple of weeks until he got home at Christmas time um, to be able to tell him. So that was the hard part. <laughs> wow. A couple of weeks. That definitely is hard. Yes. Yes, it was. It was really hard uh, keeping that a secret and not just spilling it, you know, but I wanted that special moment in person, be able to tell him. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. So how was your pregnancy? Pregnancy was really good. Um, Actually, I was, you know, always super nervous over the years that I was going to have a hard time with pregnancy. You know, I was concerned of just because I have had weight issues over the years, if I was going to gain a lot of weight. Um, and then when I found out when I was pre- got pregnant in December, I was super nervous of being 
due in August, I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to be miserable all summer. I'm going to be swollen. Um, And I was shocked. I didn't have any of those kind of symptoms and um, really had a pretty easy go. I only had one complication um, at 32 weeks. I was having a normal kind of growth update and my fluid was severely low um, and I was really dehydrated. So um, I had to have a little overnight in the hospital, got like four liters of fluid. Wow. Um, I was also anemic. So we did some iron infusions and stuff, but then that fluid bounced right back up and it wasn't an amniotic leak or anything. So no issue there. Um, so once that got resolved, everything else was really good. It's yeah, amazing it's- how like <laughs> you know, some dehydration can cause your amniotic. I think that that's something people might not correlate a ton, but you know, it is baby peeing essentially is what that amniotic fluid is. So that's so crazy to think that like those things are correlated, you know? Yeah. Well, and I didn't really like correlate that I was, I didn't think like, I thought here I'm drinking a lot of water each day and stuff. That was a priority. Um, but then like, once I got my fluid regulated, then it kicked off the like typical pregnant lane peeing pregnant lady peeing all day. And I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I was dehydrated. Cause I haven't been peeing like this. And then it was the typical, like every, you know, 25 minutes I'm having to go to the bathroom. So that was interesting. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, um, you know, as far as your birth, were you planning a hospital birth? What were you kind of hoping for and envisioning for your birth? Yeah, I'd always planned um, a hospital birth. I've worked um, in the hospital for years. I'm in the medical field and stuff and I'd worked in the OB and I've, I've seen, you know, bad births and stuff and bad outcomes happen with babies from things. And so um, I've always had that of like, yeah, I need the safety net of being in the hospital and by a NICU and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I always knew from the get-go that I wanted to be in the hospital. Um, and I, from my experience working in the OB department, that's where I got to meet our midwives up here and okay. knew that that's who I wanted to follow with. I, I just really liked um, their more personable approach to care and, you know, not so heavy on the jumping into C-section and stuff. Um, and so that's who I followed with for my birth and a hundred percent. So, so happy I went with the midwives it was incredible um, yes. with that. So yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. I could not agree more. I think everybody, you know, if you're low risk, even, even some high risk women can see midwives, but you know, midwives, I think are the way to go a hundred percent evidence backs yeah. that, um, as far as outcomes and, and maternal mm-hmm. satisfaction and all, all the things they're amazing. Yeah. I saw midwives with my whole pregnancy and will, you know, forever because they're great. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely agree. I've been pushing them to everybody. I'm like, go with the midwives. <laughs> yeah, they've been incredible, especially our team up here. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. what, um, I know, you know, you said midwives in the hospital, is there anything else that you did to prepare for your birth? Anything else that you were kind of envisioning or hoping for? I know you said you listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went into the, with the approach of, you know, I've been one that I've wanted to be a mom since I was a little girl. I've loved birth. I've been fascinated by it for years and stuff. And so um, I went into it of wanting to experience it all. So I was like, you know, I just want to see what it actually feels like, how my body actually responds to it. I don't know, you know, what my capabilities are, or, you know, maybe I'll get one centimeter and be like, nope, I'm done. Let's do an epidural. But I wanted to experience that either way. So I had just this very open approach of, um, you know, take it as far as my body can and use the resources. I was very interested in using the nitrous um, oxide gas um, that my hospital provided. Um, and then, you know, I was open though, that if I can't handle it or at any time, I'm just getting exhausted, you know, to get an epidural at that point. Um, and I was very happy with that. And that is how my birth progressed was that I reached that point and said, okay, let's get the epidural. And I was, I was 
you know, wasn't something I had been fighting myself with or like felt like I failed if I was going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So before we kind of jump into your labor, going back to your pregnancy a little bit, um, I know you had something obviously major happen during that time. Do you want to kind of share about that or tell about it? Obviously in as much depth as you're comfortable with and, and whatever you choose to share. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I apologize for the emotions. Do not apologize. Um, yeah. Yeah. 24 weeks. I experienced the loss of my husband. Um, so that was hard. Just, you know, this was our vision and dream that we wanted to have happen for so many years and it finally did. And so you have all of that, you know, hope for the future and your dreams are finally coming true and you're getting to experience everything. You know, that's a really awesome time of marriage of getting to experience those joys together in all of those dreams. Um, And so, yeah, he passed away at 24 weeks. And so that just kicked off, um, you know, this journey of grief now that I've had to go through and grieving when I'm pregnant, that's a whole nother beast. I was essentially, I've been grieving for two, you know, grieving now that my daughter doesn't have a father and stuff. Um, And that just added a whole, whole complexity to my pregnancy. Um, with that fluid issue that I had, that was part of it was, you know, the stress and stuff with my body that had gone through, it just finally caught up to me. Um, And that was when I was like, okay, this is actually taking a toll on me and stuff. You know, I I had been just kind of managing and surviving at that point, but thinking, you know, okay, it's not doing anything to me too much. And then when I had that fluid issue, it's like, okay, I need to listen to my body more and take it a little easier, you know, and it it is having an effect on it. Um, So, yeah, so I had that going on through my pregnancy and that obviously affected then also my labor um, and just changed all of my plans, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, my heart goes out to you. I truthfully cannot even fathom what you're going through. I don't, you know, there are no words that make it better, but I just want you to know that, you know, I feel your pain. We hear you. It, I just, you you are extremely strong. You're an amazing woman, an amazing mother. I cannot imagine, you know, like you said, pregnancy is already so much. Your hormones are so crazy. You have so many emotions. You're preparing to bring a life into this world while also, you know, you you lost your husband. And, and I, I think that what you said is really profound. You said like you were grieving twice the most in a way you were grieving, not only losing your husband, but losing your daughter's, your daughter's father. Um, And I, I just, you're, you're amazing truthfully to be able to come on this podcast, even and to share your story and share your birth and to still be putting one foot in front of the other every single day. I know that you're doing it for her. They, you know, she, she is that driving force behind your life. And in a way, you know, in a, in a way it's, she's, she's such a blessing, even at this season. I know, I know it seems it can probably seem like, wow, that was awful timing to happen while you're pregnant. But in a way you have something to remember him by now, which is so beautiful and so important. And, you know, he didn't leave you, you know, he didn't just leave you. He left you with her and that's a beautiful thing to remind him. I'm sure you look at her and you see him and my heart just goes out (laughs) to you. Like I said, I, I have no, I I don't have even the words because I, I truly cannot imagine, but, um, you know, like I said, we, we all stand with you and I'm sure there are many women who feel this right now and, um, just are sending you so much love and maybe you are going through something similar and, and, you know, I know that you can kind of speak to that. And yeah, that was part of why I wanted to just share, you know, I didn't have any 
super crazy birth story, you know, and stuff, but I was like, I do have this component of it. And, um, you know, it is a very kind of isolating experience. I don't know anyone else directly that's dealt with this, you know, I'm just kind of going at it alone. Um, and, but I know that there's tons of people out there that are, you know, have experienced that and experienced this, this loss and pain. Um, and so that's why I wanted to share just of, you know, how to, how to keep on going. And, um, you know, I've definitely found through this experience too, obviously being young, I just turned 30 in July and he was 34, you know, not many people our age deal with grief at this time, you know, and especially such a profound grief like that. Um, and that's been a huge learning experience, um, just me going through it, but then also how, you know, other people interact with me and stuff when you, you know, if you have an experience that you don't even know, you know, how to handle it and stuff. And so, um, that's been a whole nother challenge in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened at 24 weeks, how, and I'm sure there's a lot that you could give to this answer, but I mean, how do you feel like that impacted as far as like the rest of your pregnancy and even preparing for birth? And I mean, like I said, I'm sure there are other women dealing with something similar. I mean, what are, if you have any, like, I know it's probably very hard, but any like bits of pieces of advice or, you know, what you did that you feel like helped you just, you know, take care of yourself and and continue to, um, you know, experience still some joy throughout your pregnancy, even though, you know, it's, it's that simultaneous grief and joy. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was definitely the hard part especially the first kind of initial when I was in that numb stage, the first couple of weeks, um, definitely did have these kind of uh, counteracting feelings of being so grateful. Yes, I have this gift that he's left me with. I'm not alone. Um, But then at the same time, you know, you get this thoughts of, I almost wish I wasn't pregnant. I wish I, you know, it was just me, you know, and that was hard to deal with. Um, but dealing, I got in with my midwives right away and told them what happened and they just took me in. Um, and they really helped in terms of, you know, from right then on really helping with my mental health with it all, um, you know, of, you know, each day, you just got to take day by day. And if you can do one task, something, you know, if that's shower, that's what you did, you accomplished something for the day. And that's, that's great, you know? Um, and so I try and focus on that of, you know, getting up and doing something. Um, and then just to help me connect, you know, yes, my pregnancy was something I'd always wanted, but like I said, I did have that kind of struggle in the moment. Um, and my midwife said, you know, every morning I want you to get in the mirror and put your hand on your belly and just tell your baby girl, you love her, you know, and that I did that and that, that helped. Yeah. That helped for me to just connect to be, you know, and focus on, you know, this is hard and whatnot, but I've got this gift. Um, and doing that really did help me uh, to kind of overcome those kind of thoughts that I didn't want this pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and it really helped me connect and just stay focused on, on finding that joy again, the joy of pregnancy and in that I get to experience this stuff. Um, I had had a little bit too, where our baby shower was supposed to be just like a month after this happened in my initial knee gut reaction. I told my sister and stuff, I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want the baby shower just to feel right, you know? Um, but she told me, my sister told me, and then my midwives told me to, of, you know, she still get still deserves to be, you know, celebrated and and stuff. And so I was like, you're right. You know, we still, I can't cut myself short on those kind of experiences that I've been waiting for and everyone excited to, um, you know, celebrate with me and stuff. So, uh, kind of focusing on that is what really helped with going forward, um, with that and stuff. And then, 
you know, a lot of anxiety around what my birth was going to be like now too. You know, you always have that that dream with your partner and whatnot and stuff um, of how that should look and how dreamy. Uh, and so that was a whole nother challenge of grief um, that I was grieving was now I'm going to have a different birth experience. Um, I was really grateful. I have my family up there, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And so from right there, you know, my birth team became my mom and my sister uh, mm -hmm. for that. And I'm very grateful I did have, have a team. And, and then my midwives too, they were from the get-go too, you know, we're, we're going to make your, your birth, your dream come true still. We're going to be there for you and support you however you, you need. Um, and, you know, you're going to get through this and kind of staying focused on that stuff is what really helped through that. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, you just have to, you know, other people came and wrapped their arms around you and that yeah. is just so important. And, you know, yeah, something, so going through something that can be so isolating. So just to have people come in your family right there, your midwife step in and just surround you with just love and comfort and just knowing that, Hey, we are on your side. We're on your team. Um, Correct. you're so strong. Just hearing you tell this and watching you, people can't see you. I can <laughs> watching you tell it. I mean, you're so brave. You are so strong. Really? Like it's amazing. It's amazing. Thanks. It really is. So, okay. So I guess leading up to your birth, I mean, how were you feeling by that point? Were you able to find some excitement in it or was it kind of still surrounded with a lot of, um, grief? For a little bit, I still had, um, this anxiety. So when we, back when we announced when, well, when I found out I was pregnant and when I was due, um, was my original due date was August 14th. Um, and that fell in with a lot of activities going on in my family's life. My sister would be graduating from PA school in Seattle, August 18th. And so that was how I even announced her. I was like, Hey, I'm not going to be at your graduation, but here's the best graduation gift I can give ah, you. You know, you're going to be an aunt. <laughs> um, and so now in that of it, she's going to be my primary support person, like has to be there for my birth. I started to have a lot of anxiety of, right. oh my God, like, am I going to go into birth first? If I don't go into labor before the 14th and we're approaching her graduation, is she going to have to say, you know, and she would, but I didn't want to put that on her. Right. Like, I'm going to have to skip my graduation and be home with you. Um, and so that caused a lot of anxiety. And so I think it was at about 30, I don't know, 32, 33 weeks, I had that conversation with my midwives. Um, I was like, you know, here's what's going on. It's really causing me a lot of anxiety. Like my sister has to be there. That's a non-negotiable for my birth. Um, and I was like, you know, if by chance I don't go into labor naturally by the 14th, like, can I be induced on my due date um, just so that I can control something and make sure, you know, I have who I need there. And my midwives were wonderful and just absolutely we can do that that you know you're fully cooked at that point there's no medical reason not to do that um and she said you can from 39 weeks get induced so um i chose on august 11th to get induced that was actually um, my father-in-law's birthday um so i thought that would be special for him yeah. um so we chose the 11th and that gave us plenty of time you know that baby would be here my family would get to enjoy her for a few days and then my family could go and celebrate my sister mm -hmm. which she's needed um, to be celebrated so that once I made that decision the rest of pregnancy pretty much so then it just really gave my heart comfort knowing you know I kind of had something I could control over and you know everything was going to turn out 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, that is takes away, you know, I was about to say they better have told you they would induce you because yeah. you, know, you deserve, you deserve that. Like knowing exactly. that having that set in stone, one less thing for you to think about you going yeah. into birth with not having su- the support of your family is, is like a non-negotiable that could not happen. So I'm exactly. so happy to hear that they were, you know, yeah, so that was and- such a, literally such a relief lifted yeah. off of my shoulders. And I was able to just kind of like relax and try and enjoy the rest of my pregnancy, which was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how, how was your induction? How did your labor go? Uh, induction was great. And my birth was truly just wow. wonderful. I can't like, I could do it again tomorrow. That's amazing <laughs> to hear you say. Yeah. I'm so I happy. I was blown away with it. Um, so we had talked about for the induction plan, the game plan was getting checked like the day before that induction date to see if my cervix was doing anything. And if it it wasn't, I'd have to get that Foley catheter balloon um, on the 10th and then go in for the active induction with Pitocin on the 11th. Um, and so the day before I was checked and I was already like two and a half centimeters. So I didn't need to go in the evening prior. I just need to show up on the 11th at six in the morning or so and get induced. So that's what I did. Um, so we got all checked in and IV going. I think Pitocin was finally started at about 7.30 in the morning. Um, and they do that where they bump it up by two units every half hour until I think you reach 20 units was like the max they would let me go to. Um, and so that morning, uh, we're doing that. My midwife said she'd be in after clinic at about 1230 to check me and probably break my water by then if it hadn't happened. Uh, and so that morning doing the Pitocin, I had a few contractions throughout there, but I definitely didn't get into any like steady pattern of contractions. Um, and those contractions were really nothing. It truly felt like what you hear of just like, oh, period cramps, um, kind of a thing. I was like, okay, this is manageable. Um, and just hung out in the morning with my mom and my sister and laughing and hanging out. So that part was easy. And then uh, Leslie, my midwife came in about 12, 31 o'clock and checked me and I was about three and she did decide to break my water, uh, which was the craziest feeling I've ever experienced. I had no idea of what that would be like, um, but that was really weird. And then sitting up and just feeling that fluid coming out of you, it's the weirdest feeling. Uh, And after that, uh, that pretty much right away kicked off contractions and steady contractions. I got into a pattern. Uh, So I... I knew I wanted to be up and moving. I've read and heard all about that movement's the best thing you can do during those early labor stages. So I got up and went for a walk uh, and just the length of the hallway is kind of this big L shape. And it was really interesting by the time I'd get to either end, that was exact timing of when a contraction would come <laughs> and I just stop and breathe. And then we'd walk and it's like approaching the other end of the hallway. And sure enough, there's that contraction. Uh, so I did that for maybe a good half hour and they became a little bit more intense where I'd have to stop and like brace on the wall and breathe. And then we went back to the room uh, and I bounced on the ball for a bit. That was difficult though, because it was having a hard time keeping on the monitor. So yeah. kind of tracker. And when you're on Pitocin, that's such a huge thing that they want to stay on top of. So it's like, okay, well, let's go back to the bed and just do some, some maneuvering. So uh, did several maneuvers in the bed and things just got more intense. And then I knew I wanted to get into the labor or into the labor pool at some point. So we did that. And it was funny in my hospital room, our uh, tub, the water spout was broken and the hospital had no idea. So my midwife hand by hand with the little gray basins filled up that entire tub with hot water from the sink. 
That's I was like, incredible. no OB would have done that. Absolutely <laughs> you not. Know, like, a lot of midwives wouldn't not. even have done that. You had a special bunch. I don't think so. Yeah, she was she was committed, knew I wanted to experience that in the tub uh, and stuff. And so she did that. And finally, once that was filled, I got into the tub and contractions by then definitely got more intense. Oh, and I had, once I got back to the room after walking, I did decide to do the nitrous oxide. Okay. And that was really nice. I enjoyed that a lot. Once I figured it out the first couple puffs, I was like, are we sure this even does anything? (laughs) I knew it doesn't take away your pain, but I couldn't feel any difference. And then I figured out how to breathe in that mask appropriately. Yeah. And then it kicked in and that really helped me just be able to internalize and focus. Like I could hear my mom and sister talking in the background, but I couldn't focus on their conversations and I could just tune in and you know, I would do focus on my breathing and just kind of tell myself like each contraction, like just hugging your baby out kind of, you know, all those positive things to try and tell yourself. Uh, And so then I got into that tub and that's when stuff got really intense and the the oxide wasn't helping too much anymore. It was probably about seven o'clock, seven 30 at this time when I was in the tub. Um, and I remember sitting there and I had one contraction that came over that was super intense and I could feel like I was fighting it now. And it felt really like I was getting split in half. And I said, I was like, okay, this is bad. And this is only going to get worse. And I can't keep doing that. I was like, I have no interest in, in that. So that's when I decided to um, get an epidural. And so I got out of the tub and the, the anesthesiologist was in, in 10 minutes and got that epidural. Um, and that was about eight o'clock or so. when I got the epidural and that was amazing. <laughs> as soon as that happened and kicked in, I laid back in the bed. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it truly felt so nice um, and stuff. And so at that point I was checked again and I was I think I was like four, almost five centimeters. And so my midwife, she kind of gave me this talk. She's like, you know, that's not slow progress. Like you're doing fine. You know, if you had done a natural labor, you know, all this time you've been doing the facing and stuff while you're here. And now you're, you're just starting to really start dilating and stuff. Um, so, you know, progress is fine. We're probably looking at tomorrow morning though, sometime okay so we kind of relegated to the fact that it was still going to be several hours like we can get some rest and relax and whatnot um and so yeah my family just kind of settled in my mom and my sister made their beds and and relaxed and I kept doing some positions and stuff um we did have one period where when I turned on my left side her heart rate was dropping and so the nurse came in and made me do all fours uh, and when I, I did that, I was definitely having with the epidural, that pressure you would feel like I couldn't feel in my stomach, the contractions, but you can definitely feel that pressure down in your pelvis. And it was at a weird angle though. Like it was all focused on like my left butt cheek and my midwife had said, oh yeah, her head was kind of occipital, um, off to the side for a little bit and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's definitely, I can feel that it's very weird. And then uh, at about probably 9.30 or so, the nurse came in and she was like, okay, Leslie wants to turn you onto your side to a position called the flying cowgirl. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get turned onto my right side, you know, with the shoulders all back and your hips all pushed back. And two minutes of being in that, I definitely could feel that pressure like in my whole pelvis now. It wasn't just in that left side. So I was like, interesting. I think something's moved. Uh, and then I experienced some heartburn when I was laying there and I was like, that's common for me throughout this pregnancy. If I lay on my right side, I'd get heartburn. So I kind of like shivvied up onto my elbow to get a drink of water. And as soon as I stood, you know, kind of sat up there, 
I got intense nausea and I was like, I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. And so my sister grabbed the little bag for me and I started vomiting. And on the second bout of vomit, I, I could tell, I was like, a head is coming all of a sudden. I had this intense pressure and it felt like she was about to just shoot out <laughs> and stuff. And so I'm still puking. And now I'm just like pointing under the blanket. I've got the peanut ball in between my legs and stuff. And I'm just pointing at my legs. Like somebody look, somebody look, something's happening here. Uh, as soon as I stopped vomiting, which I was trying then to also fight that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to just, you know, have a baby vomit her out. In here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, this has to stop. So I finally got the vomiting under control and stopped. And I said, I was like, I need, I need to be checked. I think there's a head, like, I think her head's coming out. And I remember my mom and the nurse both gave that classic, like, well, are you feeling like you have to poop? Which is the, you know, what they go by when you have an epidural, like yeah. that's when you'll know you're having the baby. And I was like, no, I feel like a head's coming out of my vagina. <laughs> I was like, it's very distinct. Like, I know what I'm talking about. And so the nurse lifted the blanket. She goes, yep, we're having a baby. So she called Leslie down uh, and she came down and she was just like, as soon as she checked me, by the time Leslie got down there and checked me, which was just a minute. I was already just about crowning and stuff. And so they're, you know, now all of a sudden the lights are on, the nurses are coming in, everything, the action's happening. My mom what, and sister. How, and I how long, long had, how long has it been since she checked you and you were like four to five? That was at like 830. It was literally like an hour and a half later. Oh, wow. Um, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about 930 or so 945 at this point. No, probably, probably closer to 10. So yeah, it was at least no more than two hours. I'd have to say from when that epidural, when I was checked and stuff. And so then, you know, now this excitement, my mom, my sister, and I, I'm just like, Oh my God, we're having a baby. It's happening. And I'm, I'm sitting, I just remember I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around. Like this is happening. It's about to happen. She's going to be here. I'm going to be a mom, you know? Oh my gosh. And I'm literally just sitting there saying that this whole time. I'm just, Oh my God. Oh my God. And while I'm doing that, my Leslie's just like, she's coming out. Like you're not really doing much and she's coming out. And, uh, and then I remember she was like, Hey, just give me one breath. And so I just did like a focus breath and she's like, heads out. And she's like, give me one more breath. And then all of a sudden they just put this slimy little baby up on my chest and she was here. Um, they rubbed her. It felt like forever to hear that first cry. Yeah. It does, but it was probably two seconds, you know, and then she let out a cry. And then that was the only cry she gave that night. She just then was looking up at me and it was just surreal. But so what was crazy was from when that nurse first checked me when I was like, somebody take a look, like there's a head. So when she was there and fully delivered was only nine minutes and I, wow. I didn't have to push. So it was just insane. It, you know, she was kind of in there malpositioned. And as soon as her head got into the right area, it was like, it's my go time. I've got to come out. Um, so yeah, that part, I was just blown away how quick that went. And, you know, for me and stuff, uh, all I can, I like to think about is, you know, we were sitting here looking at, well, it's not going to be on the 11th, which was this chosen special date. Um, and I was like, it's going to be on the 12th, which whatever, that's fine and stuff. But then it was just kind of like, she knew you're yeah. running out of time is 1030, get it together. And she made her entrance. That's you know? amazing. And I, what I a like blessing. to think that was her dad. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it was beautiful. It was truly a beautiful birth, you know. That yeah. makes me so happy to hear you say that such a blessing too. Like she came on the date that you wanted, you literally, and anybody listening who's a first time mom, you know, Nicole's an outlier. So just know that this does not I normally know, happen. I know that. That's why I feel bad even sharing that. No, stuff, don't feel it, bad. It, just, it felt like kismet and stuff of the, 
that was what I needed. And, you know, for me, I'm not a spiritual person and stuff, but I do like to think that that was her father at play because he knew how important I've been talking of this great birth experience for years. And he you've been through been so, much. so you, much. You talk about this. Me. Yes, exactly. And he, you know, when we would talk about birth, you know, he was so nervous of watching me in pain, you know, he didn't want me to be in pain. And so I feel like I, I wasn't in pain and it, it just, it happened all how it should have. And I think that was him doing that. So that's Absolutely. how I like to think of it. <laughs> Absolutely. You, yeah, you, like I said, you'd been through so much at that point to have this beautiful birth that you envisioned that you, that made you feel like, you know, your husband was there with you. Absolutely. That's incredible. You literally kind of puked her out in a way. I mean, that puking (laughs) makes you kind of push. Um, and that must've just been what she needed. I mean, how incredible and, you know, inductions, um, normally kind of suck. I hate to say that, but it's true. So for you to have this beautiful induction, this fast induction, that's very fast. And to not even have to push your baby out. That is just such an incredible, such an incredible story. And you should shout it from the rooftops. Don't be, (laughs) I know sometimes (laughs) you're like, no, you know, some people have, and and everybody has different birth stories. Some people have this beautiful, fast, amazing birth. Some people have longer, harder births. And some people have a lot of birth trauma. And yes. That is all, you know, every woman deserves a platform and a space to, to speak what she experienced and to feel loved and, and people surrounding her and not feel alone in that, but also in the same breath, you can share your amazing birth story and, you know, thank you about it. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. It just felt so, so beautiful and and right and stuff, you know, and she was here and like I said, she kind of gave a squawk and then she just was looking all around and looked right up at me and stuff. And so it was just, it was perfect. And yeah. Moment. You don't ever forget. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So now she's what? Two months old. Yep. Yep. She turns two. she turned two months yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how, how are you doing? I mean, how are you doing as far as mentally, obviously, um, you know, I'm sure that, that there's still a lot of that with you, but how are you feeling now that she's here? I overall, I'm, I'm really feeling good. You know, just the, the joy of motherhood, you know, that I think is what's been getting me through and stuff. It's been such a wonderful experience and she's a joy of a baby. Uh, knock on wood hasn't been giving me too many troubles and stuff. That's amazing. Um, my mom's been living with me the past two months. And so good. that's been wonderful. I've had lots of family support helping out. Um, and that's been good. Uh, and throughout my pregnancy, and then a couple times here postpartum, I, I have been connected with a grief counselor too this whole time. And so that's been a huge asset of, you know, knowing I've got someone to talk to and just help work through the the things that I do have, you know, um, do have some lonely moments, obviously, again, that kind of grieving for two those moments of he should be here, he should see this, you know, but again, the just the joy of being her mom really has outweighed it and done so well for my heart. Wow. Wow. That is just, that's just so incredible. Honestly, you know, I, I'm just so happy for you and I'm so thankful that you shared your story with me. It really, it's, it's a blessing. It means so much just to, just to hear you tell it and you're, you're incredible. You're so strong. I know I've said it a thousand times, but it's seriously (laughs) true. And what a, what an amazing blessing she really is you know, motherhood in general can, can be lonely, you know, even if you have a thousand family members around you, because it's kind of, it's hard, you know, especially those first two months, Mm -hmm. it's hard. (laughs) They're not always easy. So I love that she's been giving you an easier time, uh, and having your mom there to support you and to help you is, is amazing. How are you feeling physically healing as far as being two months out? 
uh, physically, I feel really good and stuff. Again, just because everything did go so smoothly with birth, I didn't have any tearing even with that, which was another huge blessing. Um, and so physically, I, I healed up pretty quick with that and stuff. I, I definitely remember the first few days, um, such the, the weirdest feeling of now your belly being empty and how all everything's finding its way back down. Like it was super uncomfortable to lay flat on the bed and stuff. Uh, and then I did have I, I was absolutely fine with my bleeding and stuff in the hospital. And I stayed two nights in the hospital and I get home and no sooner about an hour and a half after I get home, you know, I've got family over here. I'm letting them take care of the baby. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go just take a nap. I haven't slept well in the hospital the last two days. Uh, and I lay down and I had this cough and felt something not right. I'm like, that's weird. And I went to the bathroom and had this huge, not quite looking like a clot, but definitely looking concerning. And, you know, all of your discharge stuff, they're like, if you get a clot, greater than a golf ball, if, you know, any of this stuff, all the signs to call and check for. Uh, so I called my midwife and I'm like, what's going on? What's this? I had sent her a picture and it, it was a chunk of routine placenta. Mm. Um, but when I saw that and had that, I had this just nervousness. I'm like, oh, great. Now am I going to start hemorrhaging? You know, cause that was always this underlying, like the biggest fear I had about birth was with bleeding and stuff. Um, and so I was grateful. I didn't have much of that, but that that definitely was such a fear. And so now that I'm home with my baby, I was like, great. Now is when the shoe drops kind of a thing. And I, oh. I have this complication, uh, but it, it passed and I didn't have any other issues. And I kept watching for more or for fever, any of those kind of things and nothing happened. So I'm glad that, that, you know, it passed when it did before I became septic or anything yes. and had any other complications. So uh, it did what it needed to do. And that was really the only kind of hiccup I had postpartum. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Our bodies are like amazing and so incredible. They just know to, well, you know, and, and not always, but most of the time they yeah. are able to kind of clean, clean all that out. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely weird. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. if you have, and I know I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but, um, yeah. what would be, if you had to give like your top piece of advice for, um, you know, any mom out there, whether it's a first time mom, a mom going through similar, like you did with the grief and the joy and trying to just balance all of that and navigate it. What would be your top piece of advice? Um, probably one piece would be definitely to like find your tribe, know your tribe and rely on your tribe of people. Yeah. Uh, pregnancy and grief are both times when you really find out who you're you know, who's really there for you uh, and who's going to show up there, whether it's two in the morning and you just need to cry your eyes out um, or talk about the craziness you're experiencing in pregnancy or what's going on with your nipples that have never happened, you know, all the weird it. stuff, you know, you need to find those people and rely on them. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, everyone's, those that care about you will do anything to help you. I've definitely found that out. And I, I've always been an independent person. And so this has been a really trying time of just let people help you. You need to take that, you know, and that's that way you can take care of yourself. And now after postpartum, so I can take care of my baby, you know, uh, I, I, I have family that's always reaching out, cooking a meal, taking the baby for a bit so I can sleep any of those kind of things. It's just really let others help you help you out and be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I think that that yeah. is so important to just surround yourself with people who love you, who can lift you up physically, emotionally, whatever you need. And they will be there even at 2 a.m. Actually, especially at 2 a.m. with a newborn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the most important time. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Well, Nicole, 
thank you so much for just sharing your time, sharing your story, sharing your heart real and raw and being so vulnerable. It really means a lot. And you're amazing. You are so strong. And I'm just so thankful to have heard your story. And, you know, I hope that a lot of moms out there, I think, experience that, that grief and that joy all at the same time. And it might not be exactly what you're going through, but I think that your story is going to touch so many other people. And I hope that through it, honestly, maybe somebody is in a similar boat and, and is able to hear your story and reach out to you and, and you won't feel alone because, you know, I know you, you said you haven't met anybody going through it, but I'm sure that there are others. And, um, you know, knowing that people are walking alongside of you makes anything that you're going through just so much easier. Somebody to just bear that burden and carry it with you. Um, it really makes a huge impact. So I really just appreciate you and your time and your story. Thank you very much. Thank you for letting me share it. And that's absolutely just my goal is I, I hope this can inspire others out there and struggling with that and know that you can do it. You can get through it and you deserve joy. Yeah, you absolutely do. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.